At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hour number three of primetime action here on VEASAN. Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds, Kelly Bidlin. Boy, we uh, we talk about some mattresses and uh, people people have some people have thoughts on mattresses here. Bill Hooker comes in and says, I think the lifespan of a good mattress is eight years, maybe close to ten. People in Houston must change their mattress monthly, he says on that one. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, dude, dude definitely got uh, – Dude's definitely got some money from people buying mattresses. Ryan Hyatt comes in with with the Mattress Max stuff. He says, what's the most expensive thing you've ever bought from a home furnishing standpoint? Wes, what's the most expensive oh, thing you've God. ever bought from a home furnishing standpoint? Because uh, I am the expert on home decor, by the way. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, you Ra- Ryan assumes that it's a tasteful statue of Bob Knight for you. I, I do not have a statue of Coach Knight. I do have <laughs> you need some, one, uh, though. That's a good I, idea by Ryan. I do, I do have actually an autographed picture of Coach uh, Knight uh, from when I was a young boy. And I was a young lad at the uh, Coach Knight basketball camp down in Bloomington, Indiana. So uh, a prized possession of mine. Uh, I did actually retweet an old video clip. And it, it reminded me because I was getting asked about that Indiana meltdown against Wisconsin on Tuesday on a couple shows here on the VSIN Daily lineup. And uh, it reminded me of, like, that's what my one. Wanted my reaction to be because he uh, he let out some expletives when he was filming his Bob <laughs> Knight show back in the day and just very disappointed. It's like that's what I wanted to say on the air, but I elected yeah. not to. What? So so, so I feel did, like did you answer? Did you answer? What? Yeah, you didn't your, answer. Nah, I, that was my way of dodging. Uh, uh, I don't uh, I don't know what the most expensive <laughs> thing, honestly, that I have ever bought from a home furnishing standpoint. I know mine. I bet you could probably guess what it is, Matt. A television. Oh. I didn't even think about that. Well, mine's a television uh, now, for now, sure. Now, well, I will say a, a television, sure. yes. I actually wasn't even thinking TVs. But I bought a nice Lazy Boy like 10 years ago with a, after winning a, a nice bet. My, mine's a TV for sure because back in the day when you bought like a huge – Oh, they like, so expensive. They were so yeah. expensive. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Now so, it seems like you could get like a 60-inch screen yeah, for like, $12. for like nothing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You you go in and you hand them like a bag of popcorn and they'll just hand you a television. That's a good point. T- TV number two in my living room is a 60-inch plasma from like 10 years ago. And you're right. It's, it is probably the, it's the most expensive thing I in bought my place. a 70-inch when it, they had just come out. Like you couldn't get a bigger television. There was no such thing as a bigger TV than a seven. And it still inch. warms your place. It still and, warms your house. Yeah. And uh, it was. Well, it has moved to the to the bedroom. Now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's warms now the, the bedroom. It's now, now the bedroom TV. Yeah. And so it's it's now in the bedroom. But that t- that television by far was the most expensive home furnishing thing. Because again, it was just like 
same deal. I went in and I was like, what's the biggest television you've got? It's like, <laughs> just got in these 70s. And I'm like, I'll take it. And he's like, it costs this much. And I'm like, mm. oh, that's right. funny. I'll yeah. still take it, I guess. And we don't have a studio shot, obviously. But that's what, you know, like we got this quad box technology yeah. now. Now I'm like obsessed with the idea of getting like a hundred, hundred inch screen. And then you don't mm. look like the degenerate who's got six TVs mm. in your living room. You can just split up the TV however you want. That's what you're going. That's with. the next move. That's your next. The next, next power move. moves. Get the yep. hundo. Next power and move. get four 25-inch boxes on yeah. the thing. Next right? football season. That's the setup. So swooping back to this NFL MVP discussion, though. So uh, of the guys on the screen here, if we look at these short shots, right? So rightfully so, Mahomes and Rodgers and Allen and Burrow and Herbert, right? I mean, they're all. They're all the, I mean, they're the arguably the five best quarterbacks in the NFL right now, right? I mean, so that it makes sense that they're where they are right now. That said, is there anything that even remotely uh, the the problem here, Wes, for me is I don't think this number moves at all right between now and six months from now, or whatever. So like, there's no point in betting it now. The reason why I bring up a guy like a Garoppolo or a Deshaun Watson, or even I'm going to go to the other side of the board here, or even a Russell Wilson mm-hmm. would be. These are guys that could land in new spots, yes. and it would affect these numbers. Because if Russell Wilson lands in, again, in Indianapolis or lands yeah. in in Pittsburgh or something like that, like it ain't gonna be thirty to one anymore, right? Because no. his his path to having a a real shot at winning a bunch of and games. Besides that, yeah. the market obviously reacts yeah. on any kind of news, whether it's the better or the books moving on air. Because not every move, obviously, I know this is kind of an uh, obvious point mm-hmm. here, so. But not every move is necessarily because there's action on it. It's like, okay, we see on the Twitter machine, Adam Schefter or Jay Glazer, whoever breaks it, hey, this guy's going to be traded. Immediately they are moving the number because Uh they don't want you to get a nice 30-to-1 cookie when it can maybe be slashed in half. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, I mean, that's the reason why I do bring up those – those those three names in particular. And and Kelly, like you said, I mean, we were talking off air a little bit. If I found 150 to one on Garoppolo, and y'all know what I think of Garoppolo. If you've been watching this program, yeah. you know what I yeah. think of Garoppolo. But if I found 150 you to don't one, like the guy. yeah, if, if I found 150 to one on him, if I found an 80 to one on Deshaun Watson, yeah, I'd I'd put a I'd put a Benji on it just to just to have it in the account, forget about it, and go on about my way. If they All don't of, get traded, or if they don't, if they go to a loser, then it is what it is. All right? of a sudden, Garoppolo at 150 to one is not Jimmy G. He's James. Yes, G. yes, he becomes at that James kind again. of value, yes, he, especially yeah. with a with a really good situation. Should he end up in like Indianapolis? Yeah, or yeah. So I, I just uh, you know I think that one is at least interesting. Again, available to all of you rest of country right now over at. Uh, I'm I'm currently doing the. Let's see how many sports books in town here in Vegas have it posted. I'm, I'm, I've yet to hit one of the apps. I was going to say, you keep looking. What's the over-under, 0.5? I have six apps on my phone with local books. We'll see. Keep looking. I'm already through three. It's none. Yeah, it's it's already through three. It's none. All right, so we uh, we talked a ton yesterday about the Genesis Invitational over there in Pacific Palisades, California. Kelly Bidlin, if you did not join us first hour, we already got a winner video home today on this program because Kelly had Joaquin Neiman as first-round leader, and guess what? Oh. Joaquin Neiman is your first-round leader. Not only is he your leader, he's your leader by three strokes over Scotty Scheffler, Max Homa, Jordan Spieth, and Cameron Young. They are all sitting at five under right now. But Joaquin Neiman posts an eight under 
right now, according to Data Golf, his win probability, which I think is a little high, mm-hmm. but uh, has it at 19.3%. Yeah. Probably a little high, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah, I'm not, I have the outright yeah. on him at 60 to 1 for the full tournament, and I'm not thinking that I've got a 19% chance. Yeah. So I'm hoping some of my other guys up there, Justin Thomas, by the way, four under par. He is currently T6. But just looking at Neiman's raw numbers today, too, he gained in all facets of his game. We talked about strokes gained around. Mm-hmm. The green that we all use that in our model in terms of determining what our card or our slate was going to be. Joaquin Neiman, a little over two and a quarter strokes gained. That is fifth in the field overall. And then you look at the approach game. I believe he, I believe he's in the top ten. He is third plus three point five strokes gained on approach for one Joaquin Neiman. And then gained off the tee, gained on the greens a little bit, gained a little over a stroke on the greens, gave gained over a little stroke off the tee. So when you're in first place, you're usually going to lead the field tee to green 687. You know who's right behind him, though, in terms of tee to green? And I thought this was interesting. I was looking through these mm-hmm. numbers earlier. That would be one John Rahm, who only shot two under par 69 yeah. a day. John Rahm, I was looking at this earlier. He was number one in the field at that point until Neiman passed him, of course. So number two on the fi- in the field in terms of tee to green. Number one on approach, 4.19 gained on approach. 119th out of 120 players for strokes game putting. I believe that's still actually he's now, I think he moved up a couple of notches. So he's like 117th lost over three strokes on the greens today, which is we we try to identify guys that can, that can make a move. If, if these, these stats kind of go one way or the other, certainly Rom with the really, again, we talked about how putting here can be super variant and definitely could improve on that tomorrow. Then you look at a guy like Jason Kokrak who gained three and a half on putting, and Mm -hmm. you have to assume that that regresses the other direction. So even though he's sitting there at T6, Maybe if I can find some head-to-heads against him tomorrow, maybe I'll be looking, depending on who's he, who he's going up against. Because, again, I think that there will be some some regression there. Three and a half, I mean, that's one of the, the top numbers in the entire field uh, gain putting there for him. So one of the one of the things that we look for, not only guys that could, could positively uh, regress, but also the guys that could negatively regress. And I think that, that Kokrak is certainly a, uh, a candidate for that. But, again, I mean, this is a star-studded, I mean, completely star-studded leaderboard here. We only got down a little bit. I mean, we're looking here. I, I mentioned Max Homa is, is, is sitting there at 500. Now we get to the fours where you do have Colin Morikawa, Cameron Smith, Justin Thomas, Charlie Hoffman. You get down a little bit further. You still have Adam Scott coming in at three under. Who has Paul, one here on this right, golf course Paul before. Casey is at three under. You look a little bit further down. Tony Finau sitting at two. John Rahm sitting at two. Xander Shoffley is sitting at two. There are a lot of guys still lurking here. And this course, we're guessing, we can't say Rory is still sitting at two, um, and, and Will Zalatoris as well. We're guessing, we don't have inside information, we're guessing this course is going to play harder tomorrow. They're right. going to see all these red scores and, and all these guys that, that shot real low today. And I can only imagine that mm-hmm. they're, the pin placements are going to mm-hmm. be pretty brutal tomorrow. So this is why, and I know we didn't really model putting very yeah. heavily this week in terms of the slate at Riviera. But then I kind of look at it. Even though I didn't model it, you still want to look at some mm-hmm. of these numbers. So who are the really good po- POA putters over the last 24 rounds? Well, John Rahm was second on the mm-hmm. list behind Matt Kuchar. And then another guy there at three under and a lot of people have been betting him because he's been playing pretty solid golf hasn't won yet on the PGA Tour so it's tough to 
say that a field like yeah. this is going to be his first spot. But Maverick McNeely, yeah. California kid, always plays well, always putts really well on POA. I think he was third on the list. So, you know, if you want to go with a bomb, that's. Uh, but I think there's probably better value elsewhere. So Maverick McNeely. And uh, where did your guy Sam Burns finish today? Because he's pretty good putter on POA as well. Sam Burns finished at T61 even par okay. today. He um, lost a one one point eight strokes putting today. Yeah, yeah, and so that's 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 super interesting. And the other thing I was looking at is around the green and seeing if there was anybody there who uh, was maybe a candidate to kind of move up. And as you guys would imagine, and of course, where around the green and scrambling is so incredibly important. If you were bad around the greens today. You were nowhere, you're nowhere near up at the top. Like the closest guy that was bad around the green, Sebastian Munoz, and he's T43. Mm -hmm. And everybody else is just towards the bottom here. So, again, we can see what really, really needed to happen today, and you needed to be good around the green. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that's why you find Joaquin Neiman, one of the reasons he is at eight under par and your first round leader. We'll continue this discussion and the updated odds as well. Primetime action here on Thursday. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Primetime action, Matt, Wes, and Kelly continuing on looking here to see if we can find any value, see if we can find anything here in the Genesis Invitational if you didn't get in pre-tournament or if you kind of want to just get on some more or you want to get off the bets that you're already on, seeing if there's anything available out there, the updated odds, and then we'll run through and see if anything we like, see if there, we'll talk through where our positions are and maybe anything that we're looking at as well. Joaquin Neiman is your favorite, as you would imagine, in tournament now sitting at 5 to one with that three-stroke lead after day one. Justin Thomas, 10 to one. Scotty Scheffler, 10 to one. Jordan Spieth, 11 to one. Colin Morikawa, also 11 to one. John Rahm at 12. Cam Smith at 12. Max Homa at 16. Rory McIlroy at 22, so not very far off from where he actually started in all of this. Jason Kokrak sitting at 25. Xander Schauffele at 25. Patrick Cantlay. At 28, Adam Scott, 35, Paul Casey, 40, Will Zalatoris, 40, and Cameron Young at 50. So, guys, we take a look at this board. Obviously, Wes, you're not interested in Joaquin Neiman. You already have him at a much, much longer number. Um, Let's just assume that you did not, right? Mm -hmm. So let's just assume you did not have Joaquin Neiman. 
any of these guys here kind of in this first little tier that maybe you would be looking at and getting in when we still have three full rounds left? Yeah, I've got a couple up there. Mm-hmm. I've got Neiman and Thomas and also Rory down there. I want to say Rom, however, man, he's just because he's John Rom, he's just not going to drift with up you. that much. And look, he's two under par, he's six off the lead. So it's like if he was like, 15, 16 to one ish, or kind of, you know, a little bit around that range. What I mentioned earlier, he's so bad in putting at one Mm -hmm. point he was rated second to last in the field. And this guy, obviously in pretty good shape with his irons and pretty good shape off the tee. Rom is always like tops and strokes gained off the tee. He was tops and approach today. I believe he was in the top 10, 1.34 off the tee right there in tee to green. Only uh, the walking Neiman, the leader was ahead of him. So, you know, I would want a little bit more, I think, on Rom. I agree with you in terms of Kokrak being the fade. You're not getting a lot of value, but of the short guys, maybe Jordan Spieth, because he was not only sharp with his putter, because I think I fall into the trap, too, with Spieth, where I'm like, he just makes everything. Yeah. He's just a great putter, and he certainly was great today, plus 2.75. That's fifth overall in a 120-player field, but he was pretty darn good on his approach today, 1.62. He never really gains a lot off the tee, but he didn't lose off the tee, and when he's not losing off the tee, he's going to be a contender, because more often than not, he's going to be pretty good with with his irons and pretty good with that flat stick. I, yeah. I, the two guys that stick out, I'm sorry, Matt. You know, like, Rom, I think if you had circled him pre-tournament, I like, I can't blame you if you want to hop in. Now, I think you'd want a little better number. I'm with you, Wes. But if you find a 15-to-1 out there or something, yeah. I'd have no problem with that. But I think the other one is, I mean, I'm a little biased here because I'm on him already. But Justin Thomas, like, you just look what he, I mean, he lost a little bit putting today. But he was, I mean, what, Rom and JT, I think were 2-3 and T to green today behind Neiman. Yeah, 2-3. and three. I mean, he played everything else great today. Uh, you, you know, you take away Neiman. He's only one shot off the lead. I think if you find something in double digits on Justin Thomas, I think that could be mm-hmm. a, a good spot. Um, the one I want to ask you guys about, and, and, and I believe you're both on him, maybe it's just Wes, Cameron Smith. He was great today, except for on, on the tee. He was a disaster off the tee. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know what you guys look like. It's one of those, you know, you figure he starts hitting fairways. This guy is, might run away with this thing. He looks so good everywhere else today. But I get concerned when I see guys struggling on the tee box. I don't know. What do you, what do you guys make of that? Is it something, something that concerns you at all? Not at all? Think you'll even out before the end of the tournament? Yeah, so I don't have an outright on him. I took a top five mm-hmm. on him. Okay. So I have a top five on him. I don't have an outright on him. And then I did find that uh, that bet that we made in here on our on our thing. I did take him top Australian. Oh, uh, you there know, you go. That, listen. They won't, they won't take big bets, but they'll take, you know, whatever. Cameron like, Smith, by the way, yeah. more often than not, does struggle a little bit off the tee. He's mm-hmm. kind of a, that's why I say he's kind of Spiethian, even though mm-hmm. he's a little bit longer than Jordan Spieth off the tee. He does hit it all over the place. That's one of the reasons why I really liked him in the first event in Hawaii. You've got such wide fairways out there. But Cameron Smith was a contender here last year. He didn't get in the playoff. I was actually on him here last year at a much bigger price. I think he ended up like T4, T3, missed the playoff by a shot or two, but Cameron Smith, that's always kind of the deficiency in his game is that he does spray it a little bit all over the place, but boy, is he really good with the irons and then you saw today, plus 287 in terms of ARG around the green, plus 148 with the putter. Yeah, it was Gills one and done. I was thinking of neither of you guys. uh, I'm sorry. Gills one and done. Yeah, I got top fives on him. That's that's the only thing that I have. I mean, I guess if I'm looking here, guys, at 
and, and I'm looking if I wanted if I did want to make a play on right as opposed to as opposed to a fade if I wanted to make a play on right here I mean you are getting a some really really elite guys at either their pre-tournament number or longer than their pre-tournament number with three full rounds to go yes. right I mean yes. you know like we just mentioned I mean Rom was nine, eight, eight, nine, ten. Mm-hmm. If you got it, if you were lucky at whatever yeah. book, so you're getting him at longer than you, you got. Are, pre- you, now you want obviously better, but they're not going to give you yeah. that much better yeah. on the number one player in the world. Yeah, they're just not going to give you much better than that. And and so, yeah, because I'm looking, I'm comparing books right now. I mean, he's he's ten at some other at some other books right now. Even after a round, and it, even being six strokes off the lead, right? But. I think that, you know, I wouldn't complain. I, I'll put it this way. I wouldn't complain if anybody came to me and said, hey, man, I want to take I want to take a piece of, of John Rahm because, look, why can't he go out and go five or six under? I, I would say, yeah. you're right, he can. Absolutely. He, he can, can go out and yeah. go five or six under, you know, and, and you're getting him better than pre-tournament. Then you could get him right there. And, and I guess the only other one would be, I mean, look, yeah, you're not getting you're not getting prime what you were, were getting on him. But, I mean, look, y'all, y'all talk about, I mean, Justin Thomas is right there. He's what right was he? There. He was 14? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got him at 16, but he was yeah. mainly 14 or 12. And, and I mean, still 10, and he's right there in the mix. I, I mean, mean, again, take Neiman off there. The right. leaders are at five. He's one shot off those guys. Like, that's. Mm. I, I do. I think it's going to be a great weekend at golf because there's yeah. a part of me like, can Neiman, we've been waiting for that big Neiman win. And yeah. It's like, okay, you just shot eight under on round one. Can you hold on to this thing with these kind of guys behind you? Yeah. And, and you and remember last year what I talked about, that he ballooned a little bit when he went to the weekend, shot 78. Now, conditions were really hard, and I think only three players broke 70 out of 67 on that Saturday. But he was second going into the weekend. So he was in the final pairing on Saturday and shot a 78. So, look, it could happen. Now, he's not a total greenhorn. He's won on the PGA right. Tour before, and he is going to again. But this is a higher-class field. This is not like the old LA Open or the mm-hmm. old Northern Trust Open or whatever his previous sponsor variation of this tournament, this is now an invitational. So you have a lot more elite players, and that's why I think it's going to be some kind of proven commodity or some kind of quality player that is going to win this thing. And, of course, in terms of the short updated live odds that you see there via DraftKings, all those guys have won on the PGA Tour. So if you look at data golf, I mean, again, not that this is – not that this is gospel or anything like that, but I mean, again, I mean, they have Justin Thomas as a as a nine percent chance to win. You're getting him at ten to one, mm-hmm. you know, at the books right now. I mean, it's value. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. You, you know, I mean, it's right. It's he's it's, finished runner up yeah. here before. Uh, probably should have won that tournament a couple of years ago and just had a bad final round. Uh, did not putt great today, by the way. Lost a half stroke with his putter. But I mentioned why I liked him this week in terms of the approach game. That is always his bread and butter. If you ask me, okay, who consistently do you see in terms of the top of the PGA Tour on approach? It's either Justin Thomas or Colin Morikawa yeah. with their irons, seemingly like all the time. And he was just, JT was just kind of okay, gained a stroke, but gained a stroke and a half off the tee as well. Was very good scrambling in terms of around the green. You know, what we mentioned with the greens and regulation. This is the second lowest GIR rate on tour, so you are going to miss green. So you're going to have to have those little chips and those little pitch and runs here where it's like, okay, you know, I'm about 50 feet away, but I'm off the green, but I'm going to have to get one in close so I have like a two- or three-footer for par. <laughs> the, the books are 
the books are keen to our the books are keen to our, our to what we have figured out here because they paired up Co-Crack with Sam Burns, who is well below him. <laughs> You're looking to fade both yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah like yes, yeah, Sam Burns is five strokes below um, Jason Co-Crack in this tournament, and they they that's who they have paired up in the second round matchup. So I actually have to dig into that one a little bit further. I was like, if he's in, if he's with any of these guys, right. that are, but that's not going to be the case. It's like they're smart. It's like these books know what they're doing. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And uh, look, uh, they see if they're not the first to go ahead and post, they will play follow the leader and be like, okay, you know, yeah. we got to do a little copy paste here. And I mean, that's part of bookmaking nowadays. Kelly, I know you're very excited about this segment that we have coming up. And I, I I, I'm giving this the I'm giving this the long tease because this deserves the long tease. We talk a bunch about the guys downstairs here on the show. You guys don't ever get to see most of these guys downstairs on the show. Well, that all changes right here on Primetime Action on Thursday, February the 17th. Wyatt Tomchek is going to join us right here on set, and we are going to talk NASCAR. Yes, for real, we are going to talk NASCAR. I'll probably ask one question, and Kelly might ask one question as well. <laughs> Because we don't know anything there is, and that's why we're bringing Wyatt on here. He's going to talk with Wes, and they're going to fill you guys in. Because, again, if you didn't know, the Daytona 500 is this weekend. You should bet on that as well. Primetime action on Visa. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows, or you can download and listen at your leisure. VEASAN.com slash podcast and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander. Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. we got Hardwood Handicappers with JBT. Lombardi Line with Lombardi. Follow the money. My Guys in the Desert. Coast to Coast Hoops. We also have my favorite. Long shots as well with our very own Wes Reynolds. Thank you right very here. much. Check is in the mail. Many, many more. They're all free and available now at vsin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts of choice. Go and get them. Subscribe, rate, and review. That's what I hear they say. Subscribe, rate, and review. Everyone always just begs for subscribes, rates, and reviews. Mm -hmm. So subscribe, rate, and review with all this. If you guys, listen, we talked a bunch of golf on this week. We've talked long-term NFL futures. We talked about some NBA stuff. That's going to All-Star break. What are you going to do this weekend? What are you going to do if your golfers are dead come Sunday? I tell you what you're going to do. You're going to bet NASCAR. Vroom, vroom. And we have brought in from downstairs making his debut on primetime action. One Wyatt Tomchek. Wyatt, thank you for coming in. Thank talking you. to us about how these people are going to, uh, what, what are we looking at? Duels? How they're going to duel here? It, right now, it, it, or can we still bet on the duels? We cannot. No, 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 the duels. duels, duels are all done. But this is just kind of to see who's going to be starting uh, from third on in the Daytona 500. <laughs> and we got just, a wreck. Oh, and here we go. As we say that right at the end of duel number two, there are two duel races. Oh, that's that Joey Logano. Grid, and number 22, Joey Logano was the leader. So we're going to see that on Sunday, by the way, and we're going to get to that. Wyatt, of course, uh, the Daytona 500 restrictor plate race. So look, you're going to see these accidents, and you're going to see guys. 
guys get turned and spun around and spin their car about 15 times. Looks like Logano is safe, by the way, but he was the leader of the dual so, race. So let me ask some questions here that we can explain to people who don't do NASCAR like myself. Wes, you just mentioned restrictor plate race. So this is to make the cars go uniformly the, slower yes. and then therefore they're going to inherently all be in a pack yes. more often which then in turn leads to wrecks yes so, so the restrictor place was made i think back in like 1988 the cars were going way too fast like over 210 miles an hour that, a, that seems like where you want them to be but <laughs> I, I don't know there was, a, there was a bad wreck in, in uh, talladega and they decided you know we need to slow these cars down so they restrict the speeds but everybody gets all bunched up so you get like these packs of you know 30 40 cars and one little mistake Everyone's on top of each other. You get a wreck, and it knocks out half the field. So it's really, really hard to bet because you can't really you know when the big wreck is going to happen. Mm -hmm. It can happen on the first lap or the last lap. So, so Wes, then, if that's the case, is it – is it a strategy then to not bet any of the short shots and to get middle of the pack slash longer shot guys? Because even if you have one of these shorter shot guys, like the the high likelihood of wrecks mm -hmm. in this race mm -hmm. uh, is, is really not worth it. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, uh, Denny Hamlin. What has he won? Three of the last four now there at Daytona. Mm -hmm. He is going to be your favorite plus eight fifty. So look, you're always going to get quality guys up there. But to your point, Matt, mm -hmm. in terms of plate races at Daytona, they also have two down at Talladega. So only four plate races a year. This is where you get your long shots because every other week in NASCAR, the better teams usually win these races. You see the same names, Kyle Larson, Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, Kyle Busch, uh, Kevin Harvick, those guys that are always up there winning races up there in the points race. But this is a race where you do want to take long shots. Uh, we had one last year, Michael yeah, McDowell. Michael McDowell, Bubba Wallace winning at Talladega. So this mm. is a race where I, I, I will tell everyone, Everybody in the field has a chance to win. Yeah. Has a really, really good chance to win. And it's just, you know, it's also kind of survival of the fittest as mm -hmm. well. So if we look at these odds, and Wes, you're talking about some of the names that everybody would recognize. I mean, listen, even if you're not an NASCAR guy, you've heard of Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, Joey Logano. You've, you've probably heard of all these guys. So if you guys starting, if you if you guys are starting to build your your betting card, Wyatt, like are you starting in the like that 15-ish to one range, or are you going even deeper before you kind of start starting your betting card? Because, again, with, with all of the, the volatility. I, I think uh, how I started it today, I, I kind of went kind of middle of the pack. See who's kind of, you know, around that, that 15 to one range and see, you know, like one driver I really liked was Brad Keselowski. You know, that really popped my eye. Then I kind of go down. Like, who's a guy that consistently is running near the top that's, you know, lower, mm -hmm. you know, 30s, 40s? Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of – who you got and got a good gut feeling, kind of see how they run in the past uh, at Daytona and Talladega before, you know, kind of putting that bet in. Wes, where, where are you? Is there is there like a, a kind of a, a sweet spot for you that you're looking at as far well, as odds-wise? The first guy I started with, mm -hmm. uh, Ryan Blaney, who I believe DraftKings has his 12-1. to 1. He's mm -hmm. just always there and just never quite gets there, but mm -hmm. he is always there. He's in a Penske car, so he's in a very good team. And you look, you're not going to see a lot of these odds drift in terms of the chalky guys. Even even though Logano just got wrecked here in dual race number two, Logano and Hamlin are going to be back in the field, but you're not going to all of a sudden see, okay, oh gosh, they're starting in the back of the field. So they're 30 to one because you can make up ground real quick. Mm -hmm. This is not like a track position track, uh, obviously the draft and whatnot. So yeah, you, you're not going to see odds drift, but in terms of the middle shot, if we can get that second page up there, Christopher Bell was a guy I liked. He has one at Daytona. It was on the road course, but he is a teammate of Danny Hamlin at Joe Gibbs. 
championships of racing. So you know what the odds are in racing, what you want to do, and how your judges beat your teammate because he's got the same equipment you got. So Christopher Bell, I thought, was a good price, 25, 30 to 1. I've seen Chris Busher, who just won this uh, second dual race, 35 to 1. So, Wyatt, we see here this is kind of like golf, right? So there's an outright, and then you can you can bet a top five, you can bet a top ten. That being said, for this specific race, and and maybe I'm again, this is not my <laughs> element, so maybe I'm out of you know out of my element here. But um, you maybe wouldn't want to bet those markets because the whole thing that we're talking about here is that it's so volatile with the wrecks and the whatever that mm-hmm. like, you know, a, a race that might race a little bit more true, like you guys are talking about where the the cream of the crop tends to be the cream of the crop. Maybe that's where the top five and top 10 markets come in, but maybe not necessarily in a race like this. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, you know, just with kind of Daytona and Talladega, there's so many, you know, guys that you you think might win and but could get in a wreck. So mm. if you lose an outright winner, then you also lose a top five and a top ten. Mm. So we're like, you know, got a track like Las Vegas where it's an intermediate track. You know, wrecks are very less common. So I think that's kind of, for me, I, I stay away from top five, top tens, because you just don't know what what type of mm-hmm. action is going to happen in the race? Wes, is that is that a fair statement? Because like yeah. I mean, like some of these others that you maybe can predict a little bit better, maybe you would play a top five or well, top ten. Well, what I usually stay away from in terms of Daytona 500 or matchups, because mm-hmm. I mean, look, you just got to have one driver beat another yeah. driver, but. Look, this is so erratic that all of a sudden you're leading. Like if you had Logano, let's say, in a matchup mm. tonight, he gets punted here by Chris Busher because when you're going 195-some miles an hour and in the corner, and look, there's a little bit of bump drafting there, and you bump him in the corner, he's going to go in the wall just like Joey Logano did. So that's why I stay away from matchups. Mm. And I know like the Gone Racing guys here on VSIN, that being Jeff Motley and Brendan Gone. by the way, that episode of Gone Racing, I believe, is available right now at VSIN.com. They do a lot of those group matchups, and they do a lot of those, you know, top fives mm. and whatnot, because the first time I ever appeared on that show, I had a bunch of like outright tickets. And it's like, <laughs> we don't do a lot of those, you know? So I'm like, well, I'm going to trust the guys that do the show yeah. every week. And I changed my approach. So we got a graphic here. We got Wyatt's bets. We also have Isaiah Von Vrinkel's bets from downstairs. So Both if we take a, Ryan Blaney, we take a look here, I'll let Wyatt do his, but I'll read through Isaiah's real quick. Isaiah's on Ryan Blaney at 14 to one. He has a bunch of, he has some, some head to heads here. Logano over Keselowski. He has Bowman over Keselowski as well. He is fading. Keselowski. What a why it's outright. Yeah, I mean, oh, look at man. this. He's got Dylan to finish uh, finishing position under 14 and a half. He has Reddick finishing position under 15 and a half. Chevy's finishing in the top 10. He has over three and a half of those. Laid the big juice there at minus 175. And then drivers to lead a lap over 13 and a half, and that is at plus 105. Wyatt, what does your card look like here? I went with, uh, at first, Chase Elliott. You know, Hendrick Motorsports, he really does uh, very well on the restricted plate racing. Ryan Blaney as well. I think he's, a good majority of his career wins have come on restricted plate tracks. Uh, Brad Keselowski, who Isaiah is not very happy with (laughs) that I picked him, uh, but Brad did win the dual race uh, today. He is kind of what Dale Jr. was back in the day, kind of the Pied Piper of restrictor plate racing, and he looks really strong winning that first dual race. Uh, Eric Almarola, guy who's always near the front, uh, he's won uh, at Talladega before. This is actually his uh, retirement season, so I think he, you know, hopefully go out on a high note. And uh, Tyler Reddick's had a lot of speed over the last couple of years. And then I went with Almarola over Kurt Busch, Keselowski over Logano. Me and Von Vrinkel are against that. And also, we were both on. Drivers to lead uh, a lap over 13 and a half. The reason why we went with that is this restrictor plate racing. You get so many just 
the field is so bunched up, and you just get a lot of movement up in the pack. Yes. We felt that that number was was really really low. So Tyler Reddick, not J, not related to JJ Reddick. No, not related. He's like not, five five not, five. Not you know. related. Kelly, did you did you pick somebody that you're going to bet on? Well, obviously, I'm going to uh, bet Ryan Blaney since both Isaiah and Wyatt yeah, are on let's him. Let's make it four because he's going to be one of mine as well. Okay, and then well, all of us then all all four of all us all five of us. And then, then when he it. loses, Matt, I can scold them all next week for for making me bet him. <laughs> and here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm going to do Tyler Reddick just because just 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 for JJ just for JJ yeah yeah <laughs> JJ's friend or whatever they should be friends if they're not friends so we're going to do that uh, if Wes has any plays we'll get that uh, in the final segment here as well Wyatt your debut went very very well we will have you back for the next big NASCAR race which I'm not exactly sure when that is <laughs> after this Kelly doesn't know either but may, it, Indianapolis 500 something like that we'll uh, we'll get you that's IndyCar but you know, whatever <laughs> final segment coming back on Primetime Action. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN has a great new offer that can only be described as madness. You get VSIN all access to everything we do from now through the college basketball championship on April the 4th for only $29 American dollars. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming college hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VSIN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every single game. This deal only happens once a year, so do not miss out. VSIN.com slash madness. To sign up today, Jeff Passan with a tweet right here. While exact plans are not finalized, Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association intend to hold multiple bargaining sessions perhaps every single day as early as Monday. Multiple owners and players expected to fly in for sessions leading up to Major League Baseball's stated February 28th deadline. So I don't know if that makes anyone feel any better about the uh, season getting started on time, but they're going to plan to meet every day, apparently. That sounds Monday. miserable. Well, also, when I, when I they have been meeting day, every day? Every like, day? You, this is a, a multi-billion dollar sport. And, what do you mean? And, they, I didn't even I, know this. And when I saw today on the Twitter machine that they had met, and then it's like 15 minutes they <laughs> met, and then they were like, done. 
I'm like, like, hadn't been meeting every day? What? It's like, shouldn't this be like a, a multiple hour meeting <laughs> yeah. every day at the negotiating uh, table? It's like 15 minutes. Okay, we're going to break for lunch. The best part about that, Wes, is you know like all the, the powerful lawyer teams that both sides had. And they're like, all right, yes. we're booking you for an hour. Cool. See yeah. ya. See ya. See ya. Every day from now here on out? Cool. Yeah, we'll book you for that, yeah, too. They, they don't prorate that stuff. Not at all. Oh, Matt, I'm going to start with – I'm going to do some updates here. I'm going to start with hockey because once – Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, sorry. This, this Shams just came through. Shams, what we got? Uh-oh, this ain't good. Ain't good. AD? Yeah. Oh, boy. He has a midfoot sprain and will be – not back – will be reevaluated in four weeks. Mm-hmm. See you, Lakers. Yeah. Reevaluated in four weeks. Not even will be back in four weeks. Will be reevaluated in four weeks. Oh, boy. All right. Now it's official that you can maybe start go looking at that no price on the Lakers yeah. to make the playoffs. I think it's I think it's something you, you could you could at least feel pretty good about making the bet anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to see if anybody DraftKings doesn't have that market up right now with games going on, but you might be able to find one out there that does. Ooh, I would get it in the account strictly based on the fact that that's reevaluated in four weeks. Mm-hmm. He might not. He might not come back at all. It's Anthony Davis. He might not come back yeah. at all. Yeah. He's, it, I mean, he's like glass. Four, we know that. four weeks becomes eight weeks yeah. and twelve weeks yeah. and sixteen weeks. Yeah. Whoo boy, that's rough. That is rough. Um, okay, I'm gonna start in the NBA then yeah. with some updates here. Score uh, scores going on. Uh, the Hornets and Heat heading to a second overtime. After Jimmy Butler, and I'm going to try to say this without with as little bias as possible, was clearly fouled trying to take a game-winning <laughs> shot at the end of the first overtime. I'm sorry, but you'll see the replay later, and I don't really know how he – that's not a foul. But anyways, we're 97-97 in 2022 uh, in the NBA. 97 all. Heading in into a second, second overtime. In the second overtime. Neither Jimmy, team has reached 100 points yet. It's Jimmy kind of Buck impressive. Jimmy is, by the way, not making a lot of buckets. He is 3 of 19 from Ooh, Florida. This 3 of 19. Someone started their all-star break early. Wow. Uh, no live numbers up on that game. The Wizards are about to hand the Nets another loss. 115 to 103 in Brooklyn. One minute remaining in that game. Mavericks all over the Pelicans, 105 to 83. So that line that seemed a little stinky to me really wasn't at all. Hey, uh, hey Kelly. What else? There's got? 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Luca has 45, 11, and 8. He's good at basketball. 45, 11, and 8. There is 11 minutes left in the game. Man. I, I want to see him on like uh, just surrounded with better players. He just got a rebound. He has 45, 12, and 8. That's Never incredible. mind. Mavericks 20 and a half point live favorites. What 238 and a half your live total. The Sixers looking good for you, Wes. 72-62. I think they went on a huge run at the end of the mm-hmm. second quarter. I looked I looked over and I saw the Bucks were up like by eight. And then I looked back at the, at the end of the half and the Sixers were up by like eight. Uh, let's see. That's 72-62. 11 minutes left in the third quarter. 76ers, four and a half point live favorites. 239 and a half is the live tour. There are a lot of wide open threes in this game. I just happen to have it on here in the corner. Uh, not a lot of resistance on a corner three. Not a very quick closeout there by Joel Embiid on Bobby Portis, but Portis does miss the shot. Philadelphia does not on the other end. Now 75-62 to 62 here, very early third quarter. Over on the ice, we've got four games in action. Islanders lead the Bruins 3-1, to 1, 545 left in that game. 
Islanders minus 900 live. Bruins 13 to 1 if you wanted to hop in on them very late live. Five is the total right now. Uh, the Kraken, I believe, were leading two to nothing over the Jets. They are now trailing three to two, Matt Brown. Yeah, that they one are. was for you. Yeah, they are. Second intermission in that game. The Jets minus four seventy-five live Kraken plus three twenty. Live total set at seven and a half, juiced to the under. Blue Jackets with a four to two lead over the Blackhawks. The Blue Jackets minus four seventy-five. Chicago plus three ten. Live total set at ten. This game is still 12.38 remaining in the second period. That's why. Uh, Ducks with a 2-1 lead over the Oilers in the first intermission. That is minus 115 each way uh, on the live line. 7.5, the total juiced to the under. One top 25 college basketball game in action right now. Houston only with a one-point lead over UCF. 22-21, three minutes remaining in the first half of that game. Uh, Wes... I know we owe you a winner video, so let's get that out of the way, and then you can catch us up on any other college basketball going on. <laughs> Love this kid. That looks like me dancing, actually. That's right. A little short. Oh, you don't stuff, got moves like that, Wes. Come on. Guy. Here's here's the only thing, though. <laughs> Do we know that he won the competition? I don't know. I'm because, sorry. I saw because that on because one we day. don't see him like get a trophy or anything like that. Like, Fine. You, where, you, where's the blue ribbon you, from the state yeah. fair? There? Do you want me to take it out of the rotation? Because the guys downstairs don't like it either, and I love that kid. No, no, <laughs> I like it. I would just like to be. I, I mean, it's a winner video, so I'd like to make sure that they won. You. It's like I caught heat with the seal getting on the back of the boat. So I was like, well, how's that winning? I'm like, well, the, I don't know. A seal's on a boat. He can't get on a boat usually. It's tough. And That's we'll true. summarize those two winners, by the way. <laughs> UNC Greensboro, 73-70 to 70 over Chattanooga, who I said kind of in a fade spot. It looks like they pretty much clinched the SoCon. They just beat Furman. They swept uh, their nearest pursuer, so two-and-a-half game lead. You know, maybe a little bit of a laydown spot, and they certainly did for Greensboro. And Oregon State, thank you to Tommy Lloyd in Arizona for putting in the walk-ons at the uh, <laughs> under three minute or under four-minute timeout. Uh, Oregon State was down 23. I'm only getting 24 and a half what we gave out at the top of the show. Oregon State goes on a run against those walk-ons, so 83-69. Arizona might have been looking a little bit ahead to uh, playing the Oregon Ducks on Saturday. And one final score to update on, too, that I think it has not important tournament ramifications apparently it is going to be michigan with the win 84 to 79 in carver hawkeye arena michigan if you look at all the different bracketologies that first four out or last four in depending on which one you look at but that's a big win tonight in iowa city Lamella ball fouls out for the hornets in double overtime he records a triple double tonight uh, four finals over in the NHL. Uh, one game still to come, 10.30 Eastern, 7.30 Pacific, the Canucks and the Sharks. Right now, the Canucks are minus 120 as road favorites. The Sharks even money if you do want to get in on that one. The Canadians take down the Blues as plus 225 underdogs in that one, 3-2. to two. Maple Leafs win as minus 140 favorites, 4-1 to one over the Penguins. The Senators as slight underdogs to the Sabres win 3-1. to one. They were plus 115 going into that one and then the Capitals as minus 185 favorites beat the Flyers 5 to 3 in that one we do have one tip off over in the NBA still to come as well that is happening at 10:30 Eastern 7:30 Pacific that's the Rockets and the Clippers as you would imagine the Clippers are big wow. favorites in that one 10 and a half or 11 point home favorites 227 or to 228 the All these double digit underdogs this week have been getting home yeah. actually we had one last night right here on the show the Pistons 
Celtics on a nine-game winning streak. Pistons went out right getting 12 and a half. So if I'm going to play this game, it is going to be underdog or nothing here with the Rockets against Clippers that last game before the All-Star break. Christian Wood, I believe you you mentioned that he is activated good for to this go. game. Yes, He is good to go. I'm, I'm right there with you, Wes. That's the only way I could play this game, too. I I'm, might even be in, talking myself into playing the Rockets side here. Yeah, tonight, there are some 11s and 10 and a halves, obviously, shop around. Yeah, Wizards. you got also Dennis Schroeder looks like he will uh, get the go tonight as well for the Rockets. Wizards, as five-point underdogs, went outright by 14 over the Nets. It is a final 117 to 103 in that one. So Those. the Nets lose by 14 at home to the that's, Wizards. That's going to make here. a certain ESPN commentator very healthy or happy considering uh, this same Nets team came back from way down against the Knicks last night in the Garden. Yeah, pretty interesting, Kelly. I mean, as we as we head into the All-Star break here, we'll certainly have some thoughts on how these teams will progress. But, I mean, man, it is uh, – it is starting to look like a bunch of haves and have-nots here, Wes, as we, as we head into the All-Star break. So trying to decipher how we're going to attack the second half of the season from the NBA is going to be really, really interesting. Thanks to Dalton Cuff for coming on. Thank you to Wyatt Tomchek for making the trip up here as well to talk some NASCAR with us. We'll be back tomorrow. Primetime action here on Visa. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.